Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include a flattening yield curve, even with signs of a strong economy, my interview with Joseph Rupina, founder and CEO of Milo, a financial technology company that offers home loans to global and crypto consumers, and why the market keeps pricing in more and more Fed rate hikes. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, TMS. TMS is a top 10 subservicer with a 98% customer satisfaction rate. TMS is on a mission to grow happiness and does business a different way and does it well. They deliver next-level service with their award-winning proprietary technology, SIMI. SIMI stands for Servicing Intelligence Made Easy. It gives lenders a 360-degree, 24-7, 365, on-demand portfolio view with access to live data, recorded borrower calls, delinquency solutions, and much more. We saw yesterday that the U.S. economy grew more than expected in the final months of 2021. Fueled by inventory growth, especially motor vehicles, and rising consumer spending dominated by services. Quarterly GDP growth, in its 6.9%, was the strongest in more than a year, following a 2.3% increase in the third quarter. The PCE price index, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, rose 6.5%, a red flag as it is well above the Fed's 2% target rate. Unfortunately, real disposable income, reflecting the inflation rate and wage increases, decreased 5.8%. If wages don't keep up with inflation, this prevents it from feeling like the economy is growing as fast as it is. Fortunately, the economy is exhibiting strong signs for American workers with jobless claims declining for the first time in four weeks and unemployment at pre-pandemic levels. However, the market continued responding to, aka repricing after, the FOMC statement, which indicated that a series of rate hikes are being planned for this year, and potentially larger and faster rate hikes than previously expected. The Treasury yield curve is now at its flattest since 2020, as the 2s-10s spread has tightened by 15 basis points to 62 basis points and is 14 basis points tighter for the week. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the podcast Joseph Rupina, founder and CEO of Milo, a financial technology company that offers home loans to global and crypto consumers. Milo started in 2019 and has raised $7 million from QED investors, Metaprop, and 10x Capital. Prior to founding Milo, Joseph was a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley, working with international clients and financial institutions. Joseph also worked at an investment firm with $1 billion in assets under management as a portfolio manager and head trader. He began his career at Goldman Sachs, covering institutional private clients with over $3.5 billion in assets. Hey, Joseph. How you doing? Good. How's it going? I'm doing well. So the crypto mortgage seems like a natural evolution for the mortgage industry. How did you bring this idea from inception to actual implementation? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so this really goes back to 2017, um, where I had a thesis that individuals would uh, start to allocate more of their wealth to crypto. Uh, and back then, the asset class as a whole was around $400 billion. Uh, and I felt that uh, by 2022, uh, the asset class uh, of crypto would be would be north of three trillion, and uh, and we actually got to that point last year. Um, it's about two trillion now, 
Um, but I felt that uh, there would be a need for individuals uh, that have crypto and, and were amassing crypto wealth and that they, they would want to invest in the real world. Uh, they w- would want to use that wealth uh, and buy houses and, and buy other real world assets. And uh, and through my uh, experience building building Milo, um, we saw the need come up more frequently and, and we felt this was the right time to be able to go out and, and create a crypto mortgage. Does the recent volatility we've seen in risk assets change anything from Milo's origination perspective? I think a lot of people that are involved with with crypto, they understand that it is a volatile um, asset class. Um, and it's one of the reasons why it's appreciated um, significantly over the years. Um, I think for us, um, the ability to allow a consumer to purchase real estate uh, and at the same time keep their crypto to diversify their wealth actually ends up uh, reducing volatility for them and really their their wealth and, and their own personal portfolio. Um, so I think that by combining a more volatile asset class like crypto with a more stable, less volatile class like real estate, um, it's actually a good thing. So um, so it really hasn't changed our perspective. We think this is good for consumers and it's good for their uh, asset allocation, their personal asset allocation. That's an excellent point you make there. So as this becomes more ubiquitous in our society and, and people like my dad get on board with crypto and, and I get him a, a, a crypto wallet and that sort of thing, how do you expect blockchain and crypto in the mortgage industry to evolve? So I think there's a number of opportunities for blockchain to get incorporated into broader mortgage. Um, I think most people um, don't realize how large mortgages. So last year alone, over $1.5 trillion of mortgages got originated in the U.S., um, real estate as an asset class is over $35 trillion. So there's a ton of places where things are uh, not as efficient as they could be. Um, and it really comes down through through the government agencies and Fannie and Freddie deciding to incorporate more blockchain technologies to create those efficiencies um, to, to really roll them out to, to broader consumers. I think with what we're doing is that we're starting from the point of the consumer and really trying to, to innovate uh, and really uh, expand credit to a growing segment of consumers that have crypto wealth. But I do expect in the coming years, um, a lot of the platforms that integrate with mortgage will look at blockchain solutions. And I think that there's a number of companies that are working on things. And, and I expect uh, where there is uh, a lot of consumers, you can incorporate blockchain technologies to create those efficiencies. So I think it's it's a perfect place to to innovate with blockchain. So you mentioned that the space hit $3 trillion last year, and it's, it's around $2 trillion right now. That's a lot of untapped wealth from an origination perspective that, as you said, could be channeled into real estate assets. To those who are doubters of the potential of crypto, how would you explain the benefits its acceptance in the mortgage space will bring or potentially bring? Yeah, great, great question. So I think that in 2017, uh, when I had this original idea, I think there were a lot of people that were, 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 were very, very strong skeptics, you know, expected you know, Bitcoin and, and the other currencies to, to really go away. Um, I think that now it's really undeniable that uh, crypto and cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and, and, and blockchain is really here to stay. So I think it's not a question of an, an existential threat where crypto will go away. I think now it's more of you know, people are actually voting to have their wealth and the opportunity to to do things with blockchain um, is becoming more and more obvious um, with large institutions wanting to get exposure and consumers uh, wanting to have exposure. Um, so I think it's here to stay. And um, now it's a question of what innovation can happen there and how communities are built. 
And, uh, and really that this is going to drive through real estate and through many, many other industries. And you're already starting to see that. So um, I think crypto is here and, and, and it's not going away. And it's an opportunity for, for companies like ours and many, many others to, to really um, think about how do we solve consumer pain points. So you were obviously very prescient in the past saying this is going to become uh, something that's important and, and something I should get ahead of the curve on. Let's play a little game here. The current price of Bitcoin is about $36,000 and the current 30-year fixed mortgage rate is 3.75%, call it. Where, where do you think both of those things will be by year end? Hopefully, you know, crypto prices will go up and, and rates will go down, but, but what are you thinking? Yeah, so I think the rates, um, all indication is pointing to, to higher. Right? I think that we're already starting to see that. You know, rates have moved up uh, pretty significantly, you know, greater than 50 basis points over the last 30 to 45 days. Um, so I'd expect uh, rates to, to, to be higher, you know, at least another uh, sort of 50 basis points uh, to the upside. Um, so I, I, I would expect that. Um, I think on, on crypto prices, what, what we've seen is these periods of, of drawdowns and, and, and sort of sell-offs um, really brings in a whole new set of consumers. Um, so I would expect us to be to be higher again. Um, it's hard for me to say whether we're going to be above seventy five thousand or one hundred thousand, but I think definitely north of north of fifty thousand. I think we will have some volatility through this year as uh, we really are, are are really going through the impact of rising rates and and the trickle across the economy and how things need to get repriced. So I think we're going to be choppy here for for this year. But, but really coming out strong um, and a lot of companies building and, and really leveraging leveraging you know, Bitcoin and blockchain and all the technology that come with it. But uh, I think both go up over the course of this year. And since to a lot of my friends, I'm the finance guy, I get asked about crypto. And, and what I tell them is you need to have a longer investment horizon with this sort of asset because everybody's kind of recalibrated their expectations over the last year or two where, oh, the S&P doubled or, oh, I, all my friends got rich quick off crypto. And that's not how investing traditionally works. And so I think, I think people need to uh, set, set their expectations for, for a longer time period for crypto yeah. to continue to appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a great point. I think that it's always exciting to, to think about short-term moves and, and how quickly um, whatever you bought appreciated. But you know, the stock market, I think crypto, these really should be longer-term assets that people look at allocating to their portfolio. And if you say, you know, I don't necessarily know where crypto prices are going to be within the next year, but if you look out three years, five years, and you say, is this technology really here to stay? Um, you're going to want to get exposure to a, a finite asset. Um, and, uh, and if you have it, then you're, you're, you're going to be very happy that you own uh, as much of it as possible today uh, of where prices are going to be in the future. Uh, and it's the same thing with the markets. If you have an opportunity to invest in fantastic companies, at today's valuations, and then you should be doing that every day of the week. Um, and the short-term noise um, is something that is really hard as, as an individual investor to, to really uh, drown out. But uh, you just need to look at uh, you know, historical um, from a historical context, and then you'll see um, that things over time tend to appreciate uh, as investments. So. I have one last question for you, and that is crypto was originally intended to almost act as a hedge to against uh, equity markets, in a sense. And now we're seeing it move much more in tandem when risk off sediment pervades, crypto prices drop. And so it seems like it's acting as less of a natural hedge uh, as gold would or something like that, and more like equities. Can you explain why this is happening? You, you think that'll continue? 
Yeah, I think that it's it's really a function of where rates have been, um, and because rates have been so low, um, the opportunity cost uh, to invest um, and 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 really keeping your cash on the sidelines uh, that opportunity cost has been very low. Um, as rates rise, um, there's a recalibration of asset prices and really what uh, what is fair value. So if you're allocating to the stock market, it's because you believe that prices are going to go up over time. Um, but what ends up happening as rates rise and there's the fear of infl inflation, you have to adjust some of those earning multiples. And I think the same thing is happening with, with crypto that as inflation creeps into the system, um, it's not necessarily an inflation hedge as a lot of people were hoping it would be. Um, it is really a, a risk on asset. And as rates rise, um, there is that recalibration. Um, I think that over time, you're seeing a, a pretty pretty strong correlation to markets and crypto. Um, so I think it's, it's no surprise now that they're selling off in tandem. Um, I would expect that over time, though, as there is that adjustment um, and, and recalibration gets priced into the market, um, you might start to see some divergence. Um, but I think for now, um, it's really a risk on risk off type of trade. Good point. Joseph, I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed this and I appreciate you making the time and coming on to talk to me. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate it as well. It's been fun uh, sharing this with the world. We, we've gotten a lot of excitement around it and, uh, uh, you know, with everything that's going on with, with the markets and, and crypto, uh, I, I think it's, it's just going to be a really interesting year with, with De all the volatility. Definitely. And hopefully uh, we will have you back on again at some point to talk more about it. Yeah, we're going to have some some upcoming, you know, some some more exciting announcements. Um, I think right now um, our wait list is up to six thousand um, from from a week ago um, when we, when we launched it. So so it's growing. So so hopefully by by the next time, you know, we'll we'll have a lot of a lot of really really good updates and, um, and 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 quite possibly hearing some of the stories of people getting getting loans that that we're working through right now. Fantastic. Talk to you soon. Looking forward to okay. it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. -bye. All right. Bye. The Fed looks set to undertake what could potentially be the biggest and fastest tightening of global monetary policy in years. The recent hawkish shift does not rule out rate hikes at every FOMC meeting for the rest of 2022. Traders are bracing for higher borrowing costs, and mortgage-backed securities have been clobbered since the announcement, dropping about a point as investors don't want to catch a falling knife. Today's economic calendar is underway with personal income and spending up 0.3 and down 0.6% respectively. The core PCE price index, up 0.5%, and Q4 employment costs, up 1.0%, with wages and salaries up 4.5%. Later this morning brings final January Michigan sentiment, and the desk conducting the last two operations on the current schedule for up to $3.5 billion. In the afternoon, the desk will release a new MBS purchase schedule covering the January 31st to February 11th period, which should include more operations targeting 3% in 30 years, and potentially 2.5% in 15 years. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse an eighth to a quarter and the 10-year yielding 1.84 after closing yesterday at 1.81%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Seeing a homeless guy begging on the street, a woman took pity on him and gave him a handful of change. Thank you, said the homeless man. Your generosity is much appreciated. You know my life used to be great, but just look at the state of me now. How do you mean? asked the woman. Well, he explained, I was a multimillionaire. 
I had bank accounts all over the world with hundreds of thousands of dollars deposited in each. So where did it all go wrong? She asked. The homeless man sighed and said, I forgot my mother's maiden name. (laughs) Thanks again to today's sponsor, TMS. TMS Subservicing is a top 10 subservicer. As a former originator for years, TMS has the insight that's served them well in providing the customer service they're known for, the technology they've developed, and the products they've created. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.